want? A linguistic adventure. Go drinking with a Scotsman. Because you can't fucking understand them before. You land in Scotland and they're going, Doodle Cape, if you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, if you get Fuck, you look like burning the bullets, that's it, right? Pepped up in your neck, mate. Sure. Oh, fuck, sure, right? Man, you know the fuck, like, backside there, tweak your ass on the floor, right? Cave, eh? Sure. Oh, sure, you dumb fucking bastard. You realise that, eh? And you realise how drunk they get, they could wear a skirt and not care. <laughs> and how they could invent a sport like golf. Here's my idea for a fucking sport. I knock a ball in a gopher hole. <laughs> oh, you mean like pool? Fuck off, pool! That was a straight stick with a little fucked up stick. <laughs> I whack a ball that goes in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck croquet! <laughs> I put the whole hundreds of yards away! <laughs> oh, fuck out of here! It's great fun there! Oh, yeah, that's a great thing! Oh, like a bowling thing! Fuck no! Not straight, I put shit in the way! <laughs> like trees and bushes and high glass! So you can lose your fucking ball! And go whacking away with a fucking tire iron! Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke! Fuck! That's what we'll call it! A stroke, cause every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die! Oh, great! Oh, and here's a bit of fact. Oh, fuck, this is brilliant! Right near the end, I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. But then I'll put a pool and a sandbox to fuck with your ball again! Ah, oh, you'll be there trashing your ass! Jerking away in the sand! <laughs> and you do this one time? Fuck no! <laughs> Eighteen fucking times! Michael Cavalunas. Robin Williams explains golf in the most hilarious form, and that will always be the Open Championship introduction here at the cut line. Enough of this crap golf tournaments that we've been watching, these scoring conditions that we've watched the last few weeks, even the Genesis, right? We're finally at the home of golf, no gimmicks, no jokes, and definitely no clowning around as the old course plays host. This is the Open Championship, the British Open, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't care. I'm not a purist for it, but still, 
I'm hoping that some of this wind is just going to eat some of this field alive this weekend. PGA DFS is anxious, gambling is anxious, the cut line is anxious, and we're gonna break it all down. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, a special hello to UK, and the fun times that you guys are gonna have to our sold out open championship. And to you new listeners, Douchebag says what? What? <laughs> what? Where you been? And a big welcome back to our returning listeners. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, host of the Cutline, curator of CutlineGolf.com, ownership aficionado at FanshareSports.com, and dare I say it, this blasphemous comment, but the Open Championship is and forever will be my favorite major. It always is. It just is. I love the glitz and glam that comes with the U.S. Open. I love the tradition at Augusta. But the Open Championship, the rotation, I love it. I would easily travel across the pond. Actually, that's the goal. Someday. Someday. Take my boy Tommy with me. Um, but the show goes on, right? I'm excited to break down the Open Championship at the old course. So, we're going to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the British Open at the old course. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I've heard police work is dangerous. It is. That's why I carry a big gun. Aren't you afraid it might go off accidentally? I used to have that problem. And what did you do about it? I just think about baseball. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside send traps, and a putt that might drop in through your back door. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you have smashing lineups, cashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, and taking names and getting six of six golfers through the cut line. So we're going to break down the course, the old course, the open starts soon. The romanticism, the homo golf is anything but a backstory this weekend. We are at the 150th open championship and it's set to deliver plenty of thrills. Now the old course is always closed on Sundays. Many affiliates that thought it was religious reasons right but the truth is that the groundskeepers always felt that a day of rest on the course was necessary so if you want to walk your dog down the 18th fairway go ahead but no golf on sundays unless of course the old course is hosting the open championship now everything about this course is unique and one of my favorite little nuggets is there are seven shared greens on the course seven these greens are massive in structure. In addition, the course resides right in the heart of potential wind that could propel modern golf drives right onto the green. Depending on which way the breeze is blowing, there are plenty of opportunities for players to attack this course with the driver. And lastly, players will literally hit over a hotel to ha- attack the smallest green on the grounds on hole 17, one of my favorite holes. Love it in every golf game I've ever played. So if you're looking for big penalties, the 17th is where to find them. 32 bogeys in 2017 and 11 other marks higher on the scorecard that were even worse. Something to note is that the course has gone unchanged since its development in the 1800s. Time, nature, and the bombardment of the wind is what creates the variations that players might see from one season to the next. So these subtleties have changed the course over time, but not significantly. The question considers... To rise is how will modern golf challenge this course? We've already seen Jack, Zach Johnson win here in 2015 with a score of minus 15. 1990, Faldo won with a score of minus 18. If the forecast stays consistent, and we'll take a look right now, 
I just don't know if the wind is going to be brutal enough to really cause issues with the exception of the Thursday PM wave, right? Like, like you're looking at like 14, 24, 23, 24 wind gusts, like the wind's going to pick up, but then the wind is dead on Friday. There's gusty. It's dead. It was all wind today and Wednesday. Like, you might want to consider your scores this weekend. But, of course, that forecast can change in a heartbeat. But if this wind forecast stays the same, look out. Now, this course rewards the Braves. Link-style courses often do. The Brave, not the Braves. Hey, hey there, Atlanta. There's going to be big numbers out there, but there are plenty of ways to attack pins, and strategies are going to change from hole-to-hole player skill to skill. Um, experience is going to help especially experience on link style courses. Tiger Woods has, has three titles. Europe has done well at the open. So is the Republic of South Africa. Uh, the one thing we haven't witnessed here is a winner from Asia or South America. Once again, experience. So don't sleep on anyone who grew up across the pond. Um, like I said before, it's one of my favorite majors. So we are going to most definitely take advantage of it. The greens, red fescue with bent and a poem mix. Massive size greens. We're gonna look at a stint meter that's like ten and a half and slower due to that wind and the in the fescue itself when they cut it down. Over seven thousand yards, par seventy-two. Two holes have water in them. There are seventy-eight bunkers in play, but there are one hundred ten on the course. Last winners: Morikawa, Lowry, Molinari, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson. Stats I'm looking at: ball striking, approach, tee to green, wind players, greens and regulation gain, par fives, putting. But of course, that wind could change if this wind dies down all right question is who am i playing this weekend these two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long this is the cut lines birdie or better segment where we go over each tier of DraftKings pricing to determine the best plays for the open championship we just can't get enough talking about it but first i didn't really know how i wanted to start this segment this week so we are just going to kind of touch upon some things to, to mention to highlight royal Ma- Rory mcelroy scheffler rom jt morikawa speed they all won majors and then finally we get to that 9k range where guys have not won any majors that's x fitz zalatoris cam smith and patrick cantley and then we get back into the major field back in the low 9Ks with Shane Lowry, who's got one, DJ, who's got two, and Matsuyama with his win at the Masters. So it's interesting how they fielded that 9K, a little bit of live-driven, a little bit of recent form-driven, but then you get down to Brooks Kepka at 8,500 with four major titles, then some guy named Tiger Woods with 15, right, at 7,500. Needless to say, in between there is major winners galore, Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, Dustin, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And, of course, we can go down in that 6K range and find those guys that are older than dirt. Um, look at that Phil Mickelson, six majors, right? Um, Justin Leonard with the one win. Uh, Ernie Ells, two majors. Jimmy Walker, one major. Zach Johnson, two major wins. So it's important to point out, I think, mainly for this top pricing tier, that if you think someone's going to come out of here with their first major ever, you're looking at guys like X, who's very popular because of his recent form, Matt Fitzpatrick, 
and his ability to play link style golf, difficult golf. Zalatoris, how he's constantly competing in majors and people are ignoring him. And then Cam Smith and Patrick Cantley. The irony is here, so far looking at fanshare ownership, is that people are fading Zalatoris. He's look, looking to be projected at 10%. Everyone else is kind of in those low teens. But then you get to Matt Fitzpatrick, the narrative saying, let's play him. X, how hot he is. The form and course form for speed at these events is 20% ownership. And then, of course, Morikawa low has been in brutal form. Um, Justin Thomas, 13. John Rahm, about 9, 10%. Scotty Scheffler, 9, 10%. And then Rory at 22%. So you got a lot of ownership options and curious ways to play here. With this top 10, 9K tier, just looking at the major championships and ownership dispersion. I mean, Victor Hovland at 9K, sub 6%, right? Everyone is going to be like, dude, we have to trust his around the green game here. Uh, Yeah, guess what? Finished 12th place in 2021. Now, different course, I get it. Missed two straight cuts, I get it. But come on, man. Come on. Use your brains. You got to get smart here. Okay, so let's go to that top tier range. We'll break down from Rory all the way down to Spieth. And to be honest, like there are guys I like more than 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 others, but it's a lot of game theory for the, me this week. And Rory McIlroy looks great. He does. He he fits this course stupendously. 15th in my overall rank, number one in my confidence rank, seventh in my aggregate rank. He can putt here. He can score. He can dial it on approach. He can hit fairways. He's got the whole nine yards, right? Sixth in birdie average in 2022. Second in par five scoring. 16th in greens regulation. 13th in strokes gain approach. Course history, 46 miscut, but that was preceded by a second, fourth, and fifth. Three straight top fives. You look at the recent form, the guy is on a roll. Since his second place finish at the Masters, fifth at the Wells Fargo, eighth at the PGA Championship, 18th at the Memorial, first at the RBC Canada, fifth at the US Open, 19th at the Travelers. The problem with McElroy, in my opinion, is that the ownership everywhere else in this 10K range is so minimal and minimally dispersed with the exception of Jordan Spieth that it seems like you need to pivot to someone else. That's my problem with Rory. Second problem with Rory, the 11,100 is going to handcuff you to pick players that may or may not finish in the top 20 and that, in my opinion, are high-risk plays. So that high salary already kind of puts you in a very tough spot in lineup construction to where you are going to be, interestingly enough, you're going to need to lock in Rory McIlroy to a ton of lineups. I don't mean just like 40%. I mean like all in Rory McIlroy to take advantage of it and get as much diversity in your lineup building as possible. Me personally, 22, 23, 24% Rory McIlroy. I almost projected him up to 30%, 33%. Um, I just don't see that happening at an open championship with so many different great golfers in the field that a little bit of game theory came in there, that it's going to be this like lower, more realistic 22%, 23 24% ownership. But still, I, even that high, I'm going to lock in somewhere else, and I'm going to go straight to Scheffler. Um, the one selling point for me for Scheffler is the fact that, you know, playing in Texas, you do manage those wins and everything like that. Living in Texas, you have to manage all those same kind of like environments over and over and over again. But 12th in my aggregate model, 5th in my... Over, on my confidence model, 19th of my overall stat model. Um, 
What we're looking at here, though, like last year finished at eighth, okay, in 2021, did miss the cut at the Genesis, and that's going to deter ownership. Like, in fact, it's going to deter ownership for everyone. John Rahm finished 55th. JT missed the cut, as we know. Morikawa's been struggling. He missed the cut as well. Spieth finished top 10, pushing that ownership up. So I think those missed cuts are actually going to play pretty significant roles to a lot of the guys that are kind of new to the PGA DFS scene or very casual. And they're going to see, oh, recent form and really lock into that. When, as you guys know, if you've been listening to this show a long time, I really love long-term form in my evaluation process. I mean, Scheffler ranks fourth in the field in my approach model. Um, You look at like 2022 stats, where I'm curious if it's going to come to fruition is his ability at fairways at 45%. But you know what? He's not just bombing and gouging this course. He has to be in the fairway to score to get it close. But he's 45th in scrambling. So like there's risk here for Scheffler, but it's not like brutal, like take your breath away risk. He ranks 10th in the field in strokes gained around. They were green, third in scoring, fifth in bogey average, like 12th in bogey avoidance. So like these are kind of key ideas and stats that you really need to focus on coming into this week. And and I think the ownership alone says, hey, Scotty Scheffler is a play here that I find interesting. John Rahm, I'm kind of with Andy Lack's camp that John Rahm is or has been somewhat hyped too much, if that if that's the proper way. I, I think Lack hats, hates him a little bit more than I do, but he just doesn't come to play when he should, at least not recently. Um, so it's interesting to say that. But I, the one thing I do want to point out is that my in my style projections, which takes like similar aggregated courses, looks at what we're looking at for this week and comp like course comps, uh, tournament comps, um, kind of those tournament groupings. He ranks number three. Number three in the field, Scheffler one and Roy two. So the, it, it's it's interesting to point that out. Like if you want to lock in Rom, I don't think it's a bad play, especially at the low ownership. Lee Aldrich has him in his course suitability metric at number 12. So that is a good vote of confidence. Uh, Justin Thomas, uh, Florida boy, living in Florida, right? Um, looking at his cut percentage, what I have him at here, 22.68% chance to miss the cut. So... I get it. Missed the cut last weekend. People are worried about that. Come on, guys. Guy crushes majors. 40th, 11th, two missed cuts, 53rd. I get it. You know, missed the cut at the Genesis. Cause for concern, but still. Come on. Morikawa, something's not right. But if you really want to take advantage of the rest of the field, this is where you jump on again. People faded him last year, saying how he came in feeling awkward with his clubs. His swing was off. Uh, he was joking like he was hitting a draw at the Genesis and couldn't figure out why. And people were like, well, here it comes again. We're going to load up because, right, he's he's BSing us. But Morikawa's having some issues. So he is a high-risk play. I, I got him labeled as orange in my, in my style points. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting to say, to say the least, like where you want to place him in your lineup building process. Going down to Jordan Spieth, <clears throat> what can you say? You look at course history. Of course, you want him in your lineups. Um, he's top 20 all across the board. 13th in my overall stat model. 8th in my confidence model. 16th in my aggregate model. 26th in putting. 2nd in scoring. 11th in approach. Of course, his bugaboo is always hitting the fairway, but he's not even brutal. Um, Justin Thomas actually ranks worse 
in fairway hit percentage. Elite ball striker, 32nd in the field for 2022. Look at his approach numbers, 26th. Can scramble with the best of him because of his around the green game, which is elite. Um, worry about those par threes. But still, it's Jordan Spieth. The the the, the course hist not the course history, but the, the tournament history itself, the open championship. I mean, what else is there to say? So 9K range, and we'll jump right into the bugaboo. Xander Shoffley, his ownership could be elevated through the roof. Kind of hard for me to tell you to fade him because, like, usually recent form propels this ownership a little bit higher. Back-to-back wins in the tournaments he's appeared in, Travelers and then the Genesis, that says a lot. And then you look at his open championship history over the last five years, it says even more. Average finishing position in 22nd with a second-place finish in 28. 2018 so he's got all the goods right fairway hit percentage ball striking approach greens and regulation he even talked about on sunday at the genesis being off and still playing so good that he won the tournament now is that a foreboding travesty if your lineups potentially right he said he was off on sunday did he lose the magic? Um, it'll be curious to see. Right now, fan shares got him up to 28% ownership. For me, that number, I think, is going to keep creeping up because people are going to keep talking about him, and then people are going to have fear of missing out, and I think Xander's numbers are going to go up. I think Matt Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Cam Smith, Patrick Cantley, all those rest of the guys in the 9K, they're kind of stay stagnant and then um, potentially take some uh, ownership away again from Morikawa. People will probably go down to X and realize that they can build better lineups with a $9,900 guy than they can with anyone in that 10K range. And if you're starting your lineup build process with X, I feel like you're going to get a lot of duplicates if you're ending those MME massive contests. So be cautious with that. Like I always suggest, build bottom up. Build bottom up and see how much money you got left at the top. Hey, you guys rank your... uh, you guys rank your tiers. Come on, man. You guys rank them. All right, Matt Fitzpatrick, what's there not to say? Lives in Florida, but we know he comes across the pond. Um, look, he's, he's, we talk about how recent form is so imperative here at at this event. Sixth at the Genesis. One, like, like first place at the U.S. Open, right? Miscut, fifth at the PGA Championship, second at the Wells Fargo. Guy's on fire right now. Like, you can't deny it. Can't ignore it. Matt Fitzpatrick, right? Major winner. Um, it It's kind of, well, hey, let's fade him. No, he's coming home, right? He's coming home across the pond where he's used to playing golf. So I like it. I like to play here. I think Fitzy's ownership coming in at 20% is easy enough pill to swallow. So I, I, w- I would absolutely take advantage of that. I, I just think there's so much upside, especially if you're MME. The harder lineups to build this week, actually, you know, really breaking it down, are going to be your single entry, going to be your three max, because you just can't get it wrong. Um, and normally that that is to say every week, but the difference is, is like getting it wrong this week is between picking like elite golfers, like getting it wrong in like last week at the Genesis or even before that at the Travelers. Like you're looking at guys, our TPC Deer Run, like you're looking at guys that maybe you wouldn't even pick and some guy just landed on them. So it's a little bit different. Looking at Zal Torres, Cam Smith, Patrick Cantley, I like all three. Zal Torres not getting the love. 
Cam Smith, Patrick Cantley not getting the ownership that I think they deserve. Cantley's got a great shot. I'm not going to lie. He's got a great shot. He's in good form too. Cam Smith, he needs to be able to putt. And that's what I worry about for Cam. And we've seen problems with that, right? His first time here, 2017, missed a cut. 70, 78th in, in 2018, but then a 20th and a 30th. Cantley kind of reverse. 12th, 41st, missed cut. But you look at the recent form at the Genesis, you know, Cam with a 10th, but going into that, he didn't look that good. Missed cut, 48th, 13th, 13th, Cantley, 4th, 13th, 14th, 13th. And the ownership's kind of reflecting that, but like Cantley's only coming at 12%, 13%. I'm sure a little a couple of those sites are projecting that a little bit higher, but Fanshare, 12, 13%, that's like a buy, 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 take advantage when you can. Shane Lowry, I'm not taking any pieces of him. I get it. We talked about Matt Fitzpatrick coming home. Well, Lowry has not been in the greatest form. He ha- he was having a fantastic season and had that continued, I really feel like it would have been advantageous for him. So now we come to our first live tour victim. Dustin Johnson at 9,200. My issue with these live guys, have they really been playing competitive golf? Have they really been playing competitive golf? We know how hard it is to compete on the PGA Tour from week to week. And Dustin Johnson at 6% ownership, which I'm surprised about. I'm surprised it's that high. But 6%, needless to say, looks good in all your models. We still have enough data points, even though he's been gone, playing in a different pro tour style. Um, Mixed results, of course. Last five years are our bookend with top 10 finishes in the middle. It's kind of been subpar, 51st, miscut, 54th. Last time we saw him on PGA Tour, U.S. Open, finished 24th. So that's promising. But when does that complacency kind of sit in? Like in my overall stat model, he ranks 55th. And that's looking at long-term form. That's not looking at just like last four, last eight events that he's participated in. So it's not like he's a great fit for this course. So that's something to keep in mind. I myself am not too interested in Dustin Johnson. Matsuyama. Uh, I talk about this in the course report, but I'll mention it again. Players from Asia don't typically do well in these events, in the Open Championships. I got nothing to get Mats, but I'm not going to buy into it. In fact, like one of my can't-do-its is going to be that concept. He does have a top you know, 20 finish here, but did miss the cut three of those four, three of those four attempts. And then, of course, Victor Hovland, 9K. Don't know why guys aren't buying into it other than the course history. We talked about Morikawa being off, so why wouldn't we spill the same narrative for Hovland? I get that, but the thing is, it's it's he's not terrible on approach. He's just terrible on the fairway, right? But he ranks 30th in my model, 17th in my confidence model, 17th in my aggregate model. He is typically a good driver of the ball and i'm going to buy big on the victor hovland here i I, it's a high risk play obviously if we look at what's been going on in his game but still hovland is someone that fits this course whether you like to admit it or not yeah we're gonna worry about the around the green game but believe it or not it's been better he ranks in the top half of this field and strokes gain around the green and is it really an around the green game that we're worried about he's gonna be putting from 40 feet He's going to be putting from 60 feet. We're going to be worried more about the putter on this fescue, poa, bent grass mix. 
just to take advantage of that. So, all right, down in the 8K range, which is actually pretty small from Sam Burns all the way down to 8K, Joaquin Neiman. I really think the first name you got to consider is Louis. And contrary to Dustin Johnson, live tour kind of BS, I don't think Louis cares. And you know what? I talked about how well South Africans have done here before. Louis, of course, with, with being from South Africa, a potential candidate to do well. Um, if we are just looking strictly at residencies and history and success. So I, I, I would go Louis. Sam Burns is kind of like one of those way too easy picks right now, which is really leaving me cautious. Played in the open one time in 2021. Um, isn't coming in with the best form, 66, miscut. So that that's most definitely a concern. But like you look at Sam Burns and his ability to to kind of what you know dominate in the wind. Like that's a major concern for him. And if it gets way too windy, I have no interest in him because he just is not a wind player. And I get it; it's a major. You kind of try to bring up bring out the best in your game, but it's not there for Burns. I, I'm not going to buy into it. I'd rather much down pay down for like someone like Fleetwood, who we know has success here. I most definitely would rather pay down for Terrell Hatton, who was a four play last weekend. Um, Kepka, we only only put for majors and money now officially. I don't know if I'm going to go to Brooks Kepka, but that's interesting. Tony Finau is getting all the chalk in the world, which leads us to Sung J M. Now, Sungjae's been pretty bad, right? Miscut at the Genesis. Miscut at the U.S. Open. So where does that leave us? And how am I going to sell you that Sungjae M at 8,300 is actually a decent play? And once again, it comes down to the fact that Sungjae is decent in the wind. You look at his long-term form. And you tell me that he's not a, a fit for this course, I would call you insane. He's arguably the best driver of the ball for this style. He can approach the ball like crazy. We worry about his scoring like we do at any time, but he's fourth in my overall stat model, 13th in my confidence model, 11th in my aggregate model, and he's $8,300. How are you not going to lock him in? Similar tournaments, 23rd, ranks 23rd in the, the style projections. So that is enough set. Like, I, I'm going to take advantage of that if I can and try to say, hey, Sungjae, like, get it done. Do it. Like, it's high risk. Don't get me wrong. But when you got Sungjae M, a guy of that talent, coming in at such low ownership because people don't trust his ability to come through, but at 8,300, regardless of the narrative of being from South Korea, I'll take top 10 finishes from 8,300 Sung JM. I'll take the DraftKings scoring that he provides. Absolutely, hands down. Corey Connors, course seems a little bit long, even with the rollout. I worry about that. I always worry about courses that get up in those mid-7,000s for him. Um, he he is in good form. He is in decent form, especially $8,200. That, that cheap price is a little bit low. He's not terrible in distance, don't get me wrong. It's more the long irons that I'm concerned about, and we've seen it here. Like 15th, miscut. Recent form is kind of questionable as well. 61st, miscut. 6th, 13th, miscut. So he's kind of all over the place. Nothing's really locked in. DeChambeau, just not going to do it. Not going to buy into the Bryson 
live crap, bomb the ball, you know, destroy it. So I, I hope he does well. Um, I used to love Bryson watching him play, but I, just not this week. I'm not watching the live tour, so I don't really see him. I should, you know, to be paying better attention, but he's been injured all year. Why would I try to even poke the bear there? Joaquin Neiman, I don't have interest in him either. He looked great last week. Don't get me wrong. Like, really, really, really put things together last week. But when you look at, like, the stats, like, he's he's gaining strokes from tee to green. He's gaining strokes, you know, off the tee. He's gaining strokes around the green. He's putting. But at that price and this potential ownership of, like, 18 19%, I'd rather go down in that upper 7K range. It's just too high. Not that Neiman can't do well, but like Max Homa and Neiman, you know, piggybacking off each other to to be like extremely high owned. Robert McIntyre right now, Fanshare's got him like projected at 5%. That's going to be higher too. Everyone's talking about him. I know that number's going to get a huge, massive bump coming up here in the next couple hours, I would assume. But like, I'd rather go down to someone like Paul Casey, God forbid, like I've said that before. Uh, I'd even go down to Tiger for DFS and it's not because of the nostalgia for Tiger or, you know, or being a homer for Tiger Woods, but like you talk about course experience, like Tiger's got some really good ass course experience here. Um, right. Like why wouldn't we take advantage of that? I'm not projecting him very well, but if you're getting him at single digit ownership, I'd rather go down there. Seamus power. Uh, 10, 11%, Justin Rose, 10, 11%, other guys that I like. So we're going to go to the, the weighted power rankings here for the 7K range and kind of sort this mess out to where the model kind of ranks it all out. Again, this is a weighted model. It takes all of stats, including 2022, cut percentage, a, a variety of things. And the 7K range looks like this, and I love it. Because you got $7,100, Gary Woodland, Max Homa, Webb Simpson, Paul Casey, Cam Young, Answer, Keegan, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and Tiger rounding out the top 10. You know, in 11th, you got Seamus Power, you got Taylor Gooch, Russell Henley, Sergio Garcia, Bez. I do love Bez. I would love to go back to Bez here at 7,300. South African could play on this kind of fairway, this style. But surprisingly enough, the big chalk donkey in this 7K range is Mito. He's popping in everyone's models, but when I don't like about it, like he's got the the fairway game, he's got the approach game, is that people are buying into it. You know, he's like at 12% ownership and people are buying into playing Mito. And had he come in sneaky, yeah, I would take it because he's popping my models to where I think it's an advantageous play for the weekend. But right now, because he seems to be popular in everyone else's. It's not. It's it's not going to really give you any leverage. Um, you know, seventh in my overall stat model. I'd rather just go to Keegan, who's tenth, or go to Gary Woodland, who's sixteenth, or or Tringale, who said, "Fuck it, I'm going to play awesome last weekend," and who's twentieth. Harris English is thirty sixth. Um, so it, it's something to consider. 7K just litter, 7K range just litter with guys. Like you're really just gonna have to figure it out. So uh going on in that 6K range, like who are you gonna play here? Like if you're going down here, like you want to play someone like Justin Harding. You want to play someone like Stuart Sink, um Burmester, 
you could talk about someone like Phil, if you really want to go, you know, in, in that kind of round in that kind of like rotation of interesting. Um, but guy like here is, is like Richard Bland. Like he won twice on the Euro tour recently. So I like, he's an option. Aaron Jarvis at 6,200. He's won on Euro, you know, he's won on the Euro tour twice. He's only 23 years old. So, you know, California boy. Um, so that's something to think about. So, now breaking down this like 6k range a little bit more specifically i'm looking at guys from like england looking at guys from scotland looking at guys who like live in you know that europe area that maybe we could potentially take take advantage of even like we'll throw some south africa guys in there um but there's actually like this is littered with some really strong players that are in here so the 6k range has you know like Horsefield, Sam Horsefield, who who I think is like a solid play, coming from England, sixty seven hundred dollars. He gives you a lot of room. EVR, South African, used to playing on this style of, of golf, you know. So we've seen the success for South Africans here. Um, the well, thing I like about Horsefield is that he ranks, you know, very high in my model, like ninety first. But you know, he's been doing well here on the Euro Tour, so someone to consider. But like looking at that, like you're not gonna go to Patrick Harrington. He's too old. You're not gonna go to Higo. Victor Perez, no, probably not. Like even though um, Jordan L. Smith, absolutely interested in Jordan L. Smith. He's got huge value. He's first on strokes gain off the tee and strokes and ball striking on the DP World Tour, and he's in great form. Like five straight twenty five top twenty five finishes, and he's at seventy two hundred. I know he's not in that six K range, but you know he's an awesome play too coming in this lower tier. Um, you want to take high risk guys. Like you look at someone like Brandon Wu. I know he's not from the, the narrative of England, South Africa or anywhere across the pond. Um, so that it, that's most definitely something to consider. Um, you know, looking at the age of these guys, like Hogard is Nikolai Hogard. He's 21. So he's pretty fresh. Um, Gary Kigo, 22, Richard Manzel is 22. So you want your guys to get through it. Like, uh, Port Geeter, he's 17. He's an amateur. Do you really want to put all your, you know, your eggs in one basket on an amateur? I, I like David Law too, so I wouldn't mind playing some David Law this weekend, um, based on the success he's had on the DP World Tour. So that's it for the 6K range. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to cover. Um, looking at the projection-wise rankings, like top 10 for this week, what I have. You can find this on CutlineGolf.com too. Got Rory, X number two, JT, Scheffler, Rom, Spieth, Cantley, Zalatoris. We got Fitz and then Cam Smith. And that rounds out the top 10. Again, those are all just projections, not something that's going to happen, obviously. Um, top 10 percentage, according to, well, cut percentage, like your highest cut percentage, looking at the highest cut percentage with like the most ownership. Probably looking at someone like Ian Poulter, who's going to be somewhat popular, uh, Lucas Herbert almost 10% and then Mito who I kind of already touched upon. And of course, Gary Woodland DeShambo is actually pretty high for being 10% owned. He's, he's at 40% cut percentage. So that's something to consider. Last thing we're looking at though, is our putters and the guys who are like popping in our putting model, but may not necessarily be popping in your models at home. And those are guys like Zach Johnson, Ian Poulter, Patrick Reed, Billy Horschel, 
I love Horschel's comments about Live Tour, by the way, in the PGA Tour. Lucas Herbert, uh, Leachman. Like, these are guys that we know have had success on PGA Tour, one on PGA Tour, one have, haven't had the success in the major tournaments, but that's fine. Like, we've seen a top 10 finish from Leachman. Like, maybe he'll put the putter together this week. Uh, we'll see. Two straight missed cuts, though. So you do got to take that advantage. Let's see. Any other putters popping that just aren't really looking good? In, uh, Guido. You want to go with a little Guido Migliozzi uh, and Thomas Dietrich. I think those are some solid picks. Minwoo Lee. Don't love that. Mac Hughes, maybe. And then, of course, Adam Scott, Justin Harding. So that'll look at those putters. But that's it. It's over. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is our breakdown of the Open Championship, a.k.a. the British Open. Join us next week as we break down the 3M Open up in the Twin Cities. Special shout-out to Banchier Sports. Thank you, the listener, for spending your precious time with us. Let's go get some winners. See you on Sunday. Top of the leaderboard. Peace. Peace.